welcome to Forever Canon, the podcast where we talk about Sabak, Sabah, Luke, Ben, and Vistara. <laughs> I'm Justin. And I'm Tim. Oh boy. And this week on Forever Canon, I might have just pulled something on that stretch. <laughs> but this week, oh my god. This week, we're going to cover <clears throat> chapters, oh my god, 25 through 28 of Fae of the Jedi, book 6, Vortex. And I want some sort of percentage ratio summary of how much more frequently I get that right as we go through the <laughs> series compared to back at the beginning of the series, how frequently I would get it wrong. If anybody wants to go ahead and set me up a, a correlative graph. I could make it part of my... I'd be... I'd be much obliged. No, don't make it part of your life. Nobody do that. Don't do that. That's a waste of your time. Anyways. Chapters 25 through 28 this week. <laughs> yeah. But first, bum, bum, bum. Previously, on Forever Canon, Ben and Vistara disobey their parents again. Luke revisits another shady ex. Han and Leia and Jag and Jaina and a dozen others are on horn retrieval. And Grandmaster Hamner is set on stopping Saba. That was where we left off last week, but not where we pick up this week, right? No. Chapter 25 is not the resolution of Kent Hamner saying, hey, stop it. Yeah, I was a little disappointed, but... Me too, to be honest. But I'll take that little, you know, narrative pause. It's all right. Mm-hmm. We'll take a breath and start with chapter 25. With Booster Tarek and his casino ship, the Errant Venture, in Coruscant's orbit. Because he's here to host a celebrity charity yeah, big Sabbath tournament. card game. But really, he's come to free his grandchildren, Valen and Gisela Horn, who we totally didn't forget were related to Booster Tarek. We knew. We know. We know. Yeah. Yeah. We definitely do now. And also to host the Sabak tournament. Sabak? Sabak? Uh, I say Sabak. A tournament with a 1 million credit buy-in. For a $50 million purse. Gross. Yeah. Who the hell? Hey, only the who's who will show up. Well, that's true. Shazam. Who's playing? Moff Drickle Leckerson. Not easy to say. No, don't like his name. Someone I know we've met and I can't remember who this is. Faust Bramson. I know that name, Bramson. Uh, Murat Jackson, General Jackson, is also playing in the tournament. You know, mm-hmm. all the bad guys. <laughs> yes, yeah, Senator Treen's coming. Like all the people working behind the scenes in that one time that we saw a costume party card game. Well, yeah. here they are for a card game. Wouldn't you know it? Maybe somebody was spying on that meeting and was like, I know exactly how to trap these bees. <laughs> I know how to trap these bees. Hello, bees. Anyways, I think all three of them were there. I think that's maybe where I know Bramson's name from. Could be. And uh, also, was... and also something else. There's too many. I don't know. There, man. Okay. Let me pause the notes right here. Yeah. These people who are manipulating so many things behind the scenes, like the assassination attempt. On Jag twice, mm-hmm. the assassination attempt on Buatu that left him in a coma. Uh, also, I don't know, other things? I'm sure other things. The uprisings, maybe? Maybe they're behind the freedom flight? 
I don't know. And they get like no screen time to give us hints of what the hell they're doing. They've really combined between all of them. They've maybe had five or six scenes. And it's never been clear. It's always vague. They're never like, here's what we're going to do next. We're going to try to kill Dala's boyfriend and make her think it was the Jedi so that we can get her to whatever, whatever. Right? Yeah. Right? Maybe nothing should ever be that, <laughs> that like dictatorially <laughs> straightforward yeah. in your narrative. Maybe that's not something that you should ever write in a story, but I don't understand who they are really or what they're doing. No, we've never really gotten a clear understanding who Senator Treen is. She was talking to Leckerson no. for a bit, and then they, they seem to be people who are doing big things but aren't at the same they're time. They're so far behind the scenes that they're not even in the book. Yeah. Like ever. Yeah. Any of them. It's book six, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it is. Okay. <laughs> See? Still getting it right. <laughs> Anyways, you know who else is here? Windorvin. He's here for some mystery reason. Wasn't invited. Nope. But here he is at this million dollar card game. And Booster Tarek gives him a seat. That is suspicious because though. Saba Sabatine has calmed and said, go time. Remember? Yeah. That's where we left off. It's time to go. We got to launch these stealth axes a little bit ahead of schedule. Because Jag has told Jaina and Han and Leia that... It, the, the Pelion is going to break formation around Coruscant and that's going to tip off Dala that the Empire is not going to join the Galactic Alliance so then she's going to come hard after the Jedi because she's probably going to blame them because she blames them for everything because yep. she's been kind of tricked to do that. And so anyways, it's go time. And so Senator Treen is late. So she doesn't get to play. But she gets a refund. Yes, she does. <laughs> and when Dorvin gets her seat, it's... A three-day tournament. Yeah. No, thanks. I don't know. Is that just me? Uh, a lot of card tournaments are really long like that. Yeah? yeah. Is that like a thing on like World Poker Tour at night or whatever the hell? Yeah. Is that like when you see them on TV at 3 o'clock in the morning, they're like finishing up a four-day poker tournament? Yeah, because it... I, I guess. I guess yeah, that's it true. It starts with like a like pool of like a thousand, thousand and then or... tr- tr- and slowly... Right, I said a way different number, but I'm probably wrong. But I, yeah, yeah. I People said thousand. I said ten. Yeah, but that's different 10, by a thousand. whole factor. Yes, it is. Is that how things work? Yeah, factor of ten. Uh, yeah, but like, is every factor a factor of ten? No, not necessarily. So can I? I can't just say factor that. Anyways, this tournament is not what it seems. The card game is not what it seems. Booster Tarek and the Air Adventure are never what they seem. They're never, ever in a place doing what they say they're doing. They're always doing something secret. Mm-hmm. Something sneaky. Definitely underhanded. It's booster terror. So what is the truth here? Booster Tarek tells Wynn Dorvin, you, me, Foss Bramson, Drickle Leckerson, Merritt Jackson, and 96 other very important Coruscanti are aboard the Air Adventure. Dorvin's brow rose. You're holding us hostage? I'm hosting a Sabak tournament, Booster replied. I still don't understand why. And then he goes and starts <laughs> blowing stuff up. Yeah, he starts shooting the... Like reflector panels or something, a, yeah, a like mirror the, panel. The, uh, the uh, oh my god, what's the word? The sunlight collectors. Yeah, <laughs> you know what's what's that called? Where you put solar panels on your roof? <laughs> These are they're like they're energy supplies for like grow their habitats or yeah. growing food or whatever the hell they're doing. This is something that doesn't get addressed a lot. All of the I don't know, traffic, like all of the permanent installations that are in orbit around this planet. Mm -hmm. It's not just a city from literally like the core up, right? A thousand miles into the sky. It's also 
more city out in orbit around the planet. Yeah. Right? Like, there's factories. There's places where they grow food. There's habitats where people live. All of this exists on another layer above the planet, which is already the most populous planet from, you know, I don't know, sky to butthole. Yeah, their their buildings go miles into the like the the, the from temple the deep to the sky. The, yeah. the Jedi Temple is built on top of a mountain, and so that's something that doesn't get talked about a lot. But here, Booster Tarek is targeting for some reason the solar arrays of these habitats, and he says, "I'll shoot the habitats themselves next and stuff." Yeah, I think. I'm doing a threat. I think just to get Dalla's view away from the planet. It's gotta be, right? Like with with the Peleon leaving, the, all the important people up here, him shooting stuff, just to distract her. Are they just hostages, yeah, as a distraction for the Jedi plan? Or is Booster Tarek up to something else on the side that nobody else really knows about? Because you know what he said at one point that was kind of unprompted? He was maybe thinking to himself. Even if it took him crashing the errant venture into the prison that his grandchildren are in or right into Dallas office or whatever he said, he would do it. Yeah, with all of his guests still on board. Right, like he's willing to kamikaze 100 people plus just to free his grandchildren. So like, that's a bigger scale thing in his brain Mm -hmm. is his grandkids. Like they're a greater goal. Maybe he's got some idea on the side about like, you know what he might be willing to do. If the Jedi plan doesn't go exactly to plan, which I can bet your ass. It's not. Yeah, no, something's going to go wrong. Right. There's no such thing as a plan. And Boozer's got to be like 90, right? I don't know. Maybe he lives long because he human. Gisela, they're in their 20s, 30s. And there's the horn. Oh, the horn children. Yeah. Yeah. They're like Jaina and Jason's age. They're a little younger. They might be like 27, 28. Okay. So let's say mid 20s. And they're his grandkids. Han is 70 and his grandkids somewhere between four and eight. Maybe nine. Yeah. You never know. It's been a few months since we started reading this book. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean,. He's an old dude, but he's also, that's never, it's not like youth was his strength. No. His strength is his financial muscle. Yeah. But he's willing to crash this casino ship into Dalla's office if things don't go quite right. Like, I don't know. I just, what, what is he up to? I don't know. He definitely wants to send Dalla an ultimatum though. Mm-hmm. He tells Win Dorvin, give me your secret code. Send her a little message. And the message is grandkids are boom. Yeah. And then you can go back to playing. You'll never even know you're a hostage. Yeah. You're right in the tournament, buddy. 50 Schmill on the my. Yeah. What? <laughs> on the, on the, <laughs> on the my. my. <laughs> on the line, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're just, you know, your brain's faster than your mouth, right? Yeah, that happens. And then sometimes... You know, your mouth just shits out two words combined because <laughs> your brain's in a big hurry. To get to chapter 26. Where it's Jedi Master's showdown time. Kent Hamner exchanges words with Kyle Katarn and Kip Duran and the ever-loyal Baractical and Saba Sabatine. I don't know what happened to the other one at the end of that syllable. Don't ask me. Oh. He tells them they're betraying the Galactic Alliance. And they tell him, you betrayed us, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> you you didn't tell us about your deal with Bulatu uh, because you knew we would say no. That is illegal. There's a, there's a council for a reason. <laughs> yeah, this reason. <laughs> and they're like, no, that's not, you can't do that. You started it. Yeah. Right? So we're right. Another thing wrong. that they throw in is, you ever think that there's a reason why Dala agreed to having you as stand-in Grandmaster? Yeah. Because you think, just like her, you sucker. Yeah. 
you're the only one she would agree to. And that hurts his feelings. And yeah. that makes him angry. Yeah. And then Hamner rips the staircase off the platform that all the masters are standing on. Yep. I didn't I just I didn't see that coming. But in the moment it feels like it's forcing this showdown even more between him and like six masters. Mm-hmm. It feels like a just middle finger level show of strength before the inevitable fight. Yeah. Why are you ripping off the staircase? So none of you can escape. And now here's a question. There's a lot of big deal made about the stairs. Mm hmm. Why? <laughs> yeah. They could just jump. Aren't they fucking jump? <laughs> Can't they just land on the ground when they want to? Cause pretty sure. Pretty sure uh, Luke and Ben and Vistara have all jumped off cliffs and hills and rooftops in the last, I don't know, 300 or so pages. And Ben did it three years ago, sliding down a building. That was the same thing I thought of, man. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> when in, like, the first book in Betrayal? No. Which book? It was... Maybe the second or third book when he meets Ship later on. But this is the first part where he's stealing a thing out of a skyscraper yeah. building. And he boot surfs down the side of a skyscraper. Accidentally telephone cord murders somebody off of an ejector seat. The whole shenanigans. But that was exactly the moment mm -hmm. I thought of when they were like, he ripped the stairs off. I was like, okay, that's strong. But tactically... It, yeah, because can't you all just jump to the ground in a fluff? It was a lot more aggressive than I expected it sure. to be. Maybe that's what it was pointing out that and he's just maybe overly aggressive. It, you're right, because that becomes a factor moving forward in this confrontation. But everybody reacted to it like, "Oh, thank God, there's a second set of stairs." Yeah, he's like, "What? He, he, he what are you talking about stairs, Jedi? What?" He could, they could have thrown something at him or, like, ripped something off the wall and threw it at him. That was just as aggressive. Oh, my God. These stairs are out of order. We're screwed. Yeah. Oh, like, no one's getting to the stealth axes now. Guys. <laughs> what? And that kind of maybe felt like a, I don't know, like a disingenuous thing to focus on. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It felt really just it. I don't know. It stood out to me, man. Did that stand out to anybody else? Let me know. Let 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 us know at forevercanonpodcast.gmail.com. All right. Did you think the stair thing was dumb? Because <laughs> they can just jump to the floor. Now, how big is this hangar and how high of a platform are they on? That changes things a little bit. I don't know. But couldn't you just force leap to the ground? Much like Saba... Force leaps up to the catwalk where Kenneth Hamner is shouting his threats and disillusioned ideas from. And she... She jumps up to the thing and couldn't you just jump to the floor? Anyways. She says that in, in the writing, she says she could do that even without yeah, the force. Because right, <laughs> she's a big, strong lizard. Yeah. She is... Oh, what does she what uh, what does she call herself? A long tail. Yes, she's a long tail, bro. Yeah, the leader. She could get the hell up there, no problem. Now, she leaps up onto the catwalk to chase Hamner, and she realizes he's not gonna try and fight us. He's gonna try and shut the doors so that we can't launch the X wings and betray the Galactic Alliance. X wings, excuse me. We're several generations in the future. Stealth X's. Mm -hmm. They're X-Wings with stealth tech. They're stealth X-Wings. Yes. <laughs> and they only whisper <laughs> when you speak about them. Okatoa. <laughs> Anyways. I miss that show. She realizes there's two, a few more days, man. They're back this week. Yep. Listen, we got to also talk about how many times you need to come over this week, but we'll get there. <laughs> Kent Hamner is going to destroy the door controls so that they can't launch 
the stealth X's. And much like the stairs, did I blow something? What's wrong? Why are you laughing so hard? Did I screw something up? Because this is normally when you start losing your shit is when I need to like hit a marker and I have to go, what did I say? This is me. This is my version of when I said corn horn. Corn horn? What did I say? You said door controls, but it sounded like door controls. (laughs) (laughs) Dork control? Yeah. I love that. I just Jaggy Bot, man. Yeah. I couldn't do it. Oh, shout out to your sister who'll never hear this. Jaggy Bot. I should just start forwarding her a link every week. Once upon a time, not 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 even a a few few short months ago, she said, Oh, I'll have to check it out. Because we had whatever X number of thousands of downloads. And I was like, you won't, but here's the link. Anyways, JaggyBot, Cornhorn. <laughs> dork controls. Dork controls. <laughs> I don't know why. Whatever you want. Dork controls. <laughs> that is the act of drawing very thick glasses on pictures of trolls. <laughs> dork controls. Anyways. Much like the stairs were just a big deal. Also, so are the doors. <laughs> Saba thinks. I can't read this right now. <laughs> Dorkin trolls. Frick. Oh, Criff. <laughs> That's coming up in a D&D game for sure. Damn, dude. Troll wearing glasses. Dang. And he's going to have really tall, bright hair. Okay. <laughs> Saba thinks for herself about big deals. Doors are big deals. Mm-hmm. Back on track. By now, the solos would be infiltrating the detention center. Dalla would be distracted by the news that the Pelion was preparing to break orbit. Within minutes, the entire Sleek's <laughs> fleet would be moving to intercept Booster Tanks for Ronnie's Star Destroyer. And the Air Adventure would be Booster Tanks. None of that is intelligible at all. <laughs> the Jedi wanted their stealth exes to escape Coruscant without a fight. The wing had to launch on time. So much under <laughs> They had seven minutes. Oh, that's your fault. <laughs> Long story short, everything has to happen properly <laughs> because everything else is happening at the same time. Yes. Oh, <laughs> I was not ready for that. Anyways, back up on the catwalk where we're going to get through this podcast. Eventually. Quote, it is a maze of dark steel. Well, how about that? Yeah. Is that supposed to be symbolic or something of the Darkness overcoming the unbending steel, Kent Hamner. Dun, dun, dun. I didn't think of that till just now, but that sounds fucking good. It sounds cool. great. That sounds kind of cool, actually. <laughs> what if you made that choice on purpose? You're a good writer, Troy, if you did that on purpose. I don't know. Let me know, Troy. <laughs> Please. On Twitter at jplazer uh, or forever can't podcast at email.com. I don't know why I look up at the monitor when I go. He's there. (laughs) Maybe his face will pop on there like Zordon. Rangers. (laughs) I have something important to tell you. I have to blast off back to my own planet. Anyways, Jesus. Oh, Oh my God. Silly time is over. (laughs) Okay. It's a maze of dark steel up there, just like Kent Hamner's mind. And he's up in the catwalks, waiting to ambush Saba, and he ends up getting the drop on her to begin with. Uh, to begin this race against time, uh, with seven minutes left, right, to stop him from breaking the doors so the stealth X's can launch so they can save Luke Skywalker so that they can get out before Dala knows that Jag's going to go and all the everything right that we've said several times. Mm-hmm. And I swear to God, you can figure that out if you listen closely enough <laughs> <laughs> to the to the reading that I just so expertly provided. If anybody wants to hire me for uh, voice work, just forever gain a podcast at gmail.com. All right, shut up. Here's the thing. 
the scene is not quite what I was expecting at first, right? Yeah. Where we left off last week was Kent Hamner telling seven masters, no. Right? I expected him to jump down on them, actually, is what I expected. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. I expected his cloak floats in the wind as he slowly descends his force leap down to the surface of the platform because that you don't need stairs um that's not what happens right what happens is as silgal says he changes tactics instead of trying to physically stop the humans i'll stop the mechanical door because you know dark steel and all Mm -hmm. that jazz and it don't fight back at first Nothing fights back. Mm-hmm. Until Saba ends up grabbing him in the force. Lightsabers ignite. With originally Saba thinking, Kenth is just trying to stop the launch. He's not going to try and hurt me. Yeah, he's not trying to kill we me. We are Jedi Masters. We would never do that to each other. Oh, wait a minute. He starts shouting hatred out of his mouth. And darkness spewing into the force around him. She realized he's willing to underline kill her. Yeah, pure white anger and hatred, I think, is something that comes up in there. In, in order to stop them from betraying the Galactic Alliance. That's what he cares about. Mm-hmm. He cares about if the Jedi betray the Galactic Alliance, what are we? If, our, if the Jedi Order is not a servant of the Republic, as we have been for a hundred of years, maybe one hundred of years, <laughs> then what are we, right? He's tied up in the stringent, hierarchical, military type of thinking, mm-hmm. as is, is his background. What are we if we betray the Galactic Alliance? Well, Saba don't give a shit. Saba only cares about... Keeping him busy for 50 more seconds so the stealth X's can launch and help Luke and Ben. And this whole fight, this whole scene is like very grim and dark and like emotionally evocative. Mm-hmm. Like it feels really good and it feels really creepy. That's turns into this, you know, masters using the force and lightsabers having a, a battle on the catwalks. I don't know how many meters above an entire fleet prepping stealth X's for launch. Yep. These two masters are locked in a duel on the catwalk up above the entire Jedi order that matters. Yeah. There's, there's, I'm just imagining one of these random Jedi looking up and just seeing these lightsabers go up like they're all watching a hundred feet in the air or whatever. They're all watching when it starts. Oh yeah. It's silent. And they're just staring. Saba says something about, she can feel all of the attention of the room of the entire hangar pull to the confrontation as you would. Cause you'd, you feel it in the force, right? Yeah. Kent Hamner screaming out dark side, but what a wild scene. When I was, you know, when I was kind of just absently reading through it, it didn't occur to me at first how cinematically amazing this would Mm -hmm. be, right? Yeah. The lizard woman battling against this expert force master swordsman, just like she is. The two experts dueling it out on a... 100-story catwalk with laser weapons and magic powers over top of all of their followers and underlings in a decisive moment of what to do as the battle of wills and ideology plays out above them. Yeah. Like, it's symbolic, it's cinematic, it's... This is awesome. It, it, is, it would be cool the to see on I screen. The more I picked it apart, the more I was like, this is awesome! Just to, you know, to try the point again. <laughs> About it being awesome. A little too loud, but... I don't know, man. It's very Star Wars. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of uh, 
A lot of tight spaces duels. I'm surprised somebody didn't get their hand cut off. But things escalate as they get in, let's call it, engaged range. Okay. <laughs> For the Star Wars RPG. <laughs> From Fantasy Flight Games. Hamner headbutts Saba in the throat. And she knees him in dust balls. <laughs> it lifts him up into the air. <laughs> yeah, which distracts her. And she had been chuckling a few moments before. But, I don't know. Ah, I didn't think you would do that or something, right? Like, she has a chuckle. There's moments in this fight where she's not taking things seriously. And then she knees him in the balls up in the air off his feet. And he ignites his lightsaber through her abdomen. Mm-hmm. And she says, Stang. Yeah, she does. Good one. <laughs> That's what she says. Stang. Dang. Yeah. Good one. Oh. This feels really bad when it happens. Yes, it does. It's very jarring and sudden. She's not expecting it. I'm not expecting it. I can't no. visually place, you know, in the description of the fight, like where everybody's hands are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I don't know how you surprise somebody who's right in front of you after you get kneed in the balls. How do you surprise, turn your lightsaber on in her chest when you're eye to eye the whole time? Anyways, it happens. Not her chest, right below her ribs, right? Yep. And he starts running for the door control. She shoves him off the end of the catwalk. And his lightsaber cuts through the fucking railing because it's still on. You know, one of those happenstance sort of things where it's like, well, it's not entirely Ben Skywalker's fault that somebody blast launched through a series of wires that cut them to ribbons. Ah. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like she force shoves him. He cuts his own way off the catwalk. And as he falls from some great height, some number of meters, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's really high. It's like 50 meters. It's she like doesn't say feet. how high they are from the ground. She says he's 20 meters below the platform. Yeah. When she catches him in the force because she's not trying to kill him mm-hmm. like he's doing to her. Dang. But guess what? He don't care. Instead of using the force or this distraction or the time that he has to save himself, he locks his lightsaber in the on position and throws it. That was pretty good. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Throws it across the room at the door control. Mm -hmm. Forcing Saba who I guess is the only person that sees any of this. There's not like eight people in their cockpits that can catch this guy. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. For whatever reason, that's not available. He throws his lightsaber at the door control and she has to choose between Sophie's children. Yeah. (laughs) Either. Drop the moron. (laughs) Or that sounded like a police order. (laughs) (laughs) Or, or don't drop him. So stop the lightsaber or yeah, either save the door in the launch or or save or save the guy. Kent Hamner. And with the distance to the ground being unclear and the attention of the many other people in the room who have the fucking power of the force. She saves the launch. Yeah. She drops him. She catches his lightsaber. She drops him. And there might be a mess on the deck. Not the huge showdown it looked like it was going to be where we left off last week, but this freaking turned into like an exciting chase through the dark that ended with a master sword fight and magic. Because, you know, there there was those moments where like they're on the catwalks and they're at this intersection of catwalks where... They're battling over the free space in the middle of the intersection with their lightsabers. And they're both, I don't know, expert swordsmen. And Saba describes it as Kent Hamner weaving a basket of light, as they always do, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, man, lightsaber fighting is awesome. And then one of them gets stabbed and 
one of them may have fallen to some sort of we extreme might have pain. Two dead Jedi Master right now. Yes. And we don't find out for the rest of this episode. As we go to chapter 27, where Luke feels something terrible has happened on Coruscant. What could that be? And he feels the balance, TM, tipping toward darkness. Why? Because he felt a death on Coruscant so profound it had rocked the entire Jedi Order. So, his first thought is, reinforcements aren't coming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not, oh no, <laughs> what happened? Yeah. Uh, you know, he's we're kind of, screwed. He's kind of in the middle of his own shit right now. Like, he's got things to do. I get that, I guess. But, just funny to be like, oh, me. <laughs> oh, right. My problem. <laughs> Something just shook the foundation of the entire Jedi Order. So I guess they're not coming to help me. (laughs) Oh my god. Anyways. Reinforcements aren't coming. And he watches a shuttle landing on Pander. A shuttle of Sith. Wouldn't you know it. Because remember Vistara communicated to them. Mm-hmm. told them where she was and that Abloth was here too and, and she betrayed everybody again yeah as she does as she's been ordered to remember that part mm-hmm. when when the grown man in her life beat the shit out of her <laughs> and gave her orders to betray the nice man in her life yep tough history of men <laughs> pretty cool you know just be cool man be cool be a cool man be a cool man, man. Here's the thing, though. There's a shuttle full of Sith landing. Luke Skywalker wants nothing to everything to do with it. So he runs to the Jade Shadow, where he has left the children to get ready for this. Believe that they're dying of the bird pox. Yes. Hey, question. What? And why is that okay to Luke Skywalker? I don't think this book was written in an era where we have no understanding of the psychological lasting impact of trauma. Like the trauma of believing you're wasting away to death on a sickness on a planet that you can't get away from either and don't want to spread also. Mm Mm-hmm. But, like, that's cool. That's fine for Luke Skywalker to not tell his son. Because, you know, if Ben was acting like it was fine, then that would... Fistara would know. It was a lie and stuff. Yeah. What the hell, dude? Yeah. Luke Skywalker is psychologically torturing teenagers with biological warfare. Okay? He's not doing the illusion. Granted. No. But he definitely has the power to expose it to these two children who are suffering to death. Yeah, because they can barely move. Like, it, Ben can barely lift his head and move his arm. Like, he, he's just so exhausted. Can barely move. But yeah. Luke tells him, get the ship ready. <laughs> yeah. And then he Get goes, your ass in gear, man. And then he loads up, like, freaking Rambo. He grabs <laughs> a combat vest that's apparently stacked with grenades. And he grabs two rifles. Two different kinds of rifles. Yes. Oh my god. One for each hand, I guess. I don't know. He scrambles up to a hiding (laughs) spot where he can look out and watch Gavar Kai and High Lord Talon disembark from this shuttle wearing hazmat suits. Mm -hmm. Because these dummies don't know nothing. (laughs) No, they don't know about the white force. Current. Current, thank you. Not only do they not know anything about the white current, they don't know shit about shit in this galaxy, dude. No. And this is, you know, uh, a moment of of reminding us of of that, right? Mm -hmm. Is that these Sith, you know what? They 
might be tough, they might be super strong, and they might think that they are the destined rulers of the galaxy, but they don't know as much as the Jedi, or specifically in this moment, Luke Skywalker. Yeah. And apparently, that's important enough to not tell your son that he's not actually dying of the bird pox flu. And didn't he try and tell them when they first that it's not actually it's not yeah, a thing? Yeah, he did for a moment and then he was like teenagers <laughs> or something. Yeah, stay here. I don't know. But you know what? The Sith are uneducated in this galaxy just like his teenage son. That's the level that they're at, right? That's the comparison that we get there. Yeah. And I guess kind of the question is for how long? Because Luke sees Talon's Silver eyes. Yes. And I'm like, Rutro. This is a problem. Luke knew why the force was so full of portent that morning. Why he could feel the balance shifting towards shadow. Talon had been in the pool of knowledge, and that had changed everything. Not to be dramatic. Mm-hmm. But here's a question for you, Tim. What's happening to High Lord Talon? Luke gets a look at him through the sniper scope in his hazmat suits viewing window. And he is wasting away. His bones are growing knobby on his face. His cheeks are sunken. His lips are cracked. And his eyes are dark. With silver dots deep inside of them. Yeah, he's got that weird, crazy what grin. is happening to him? Yeah, there's something about that pool of knowledge that just... I think whatever Abeloth was before, she touched that pool and it changed her into what she is now. So you think, as a de- definitive moment, that she used to be something else. Mm-hmm. And got turned into that by just that dark side nexus. Yeah. Just by the ancient power of the collective dark side. Yeah, taking a dip in the pool. In the maw. I guess. What was it like before, though? You know what I mean? Like, what was in the maw before they trapped everything in there? I don't know. What was there before there was a ring of black holes, man? Maybe uh-huh. just that powerful dark side nexus that. Maybe that's they, what they trapped there and not Abeloth. And she was one of the people who designed the place where she sucked everybody's mind walking brains out of the station. The sinkhole. sinkhole station. She was one of the people who designed that and the last survivor who was supposed to be working that in charge of it. And she got drawn to the planet by the dark side of the force and turned into a horrible tentacle beast. Uh, okay. I was thinking more she had to stay behind to get that station up and running. Dun, dun, dun. And so that's why she was still there. Either way. Yeah, she just had to flick a switch, but once the switch was flicked. And maybe that's why she has the connection to Sinkhole Station. I honestly don't remember. Yeah, I think <laughs> I think she touched she touched the pool of knowledge and it changed her into what she is now. I remember one specific detail. I don't remember anything else. Okay. But anyways, Talon looks weird, so Luke tries to shoot his face off. <laughs> yep, a lot. And you know, Talon does the Darth Vader thing where he just sticks his hand up. Except his hand moves so fast. It's like it just teleported there. It was weird that... He's got super speed in it. Talon was talking to him over such a long distance. Directly through his mind. Yeah. Long enough that Luke had to look at him through a sniper scope. But he spoke right into his brain. Yeah. What is happening to this guy? That's what I'm saying, man. I don't know. But he's strong. He's fast. Hands. And... He overpowers Luke Skywalker very easily as he plucks him off of his hiding spot <laughs> and puts him. him down on the beach for a little chit-chat to propose another alliance. 
Talon says, help me find Abeloth so I can understand what's happening to me, so I can understand what I'm becoming, and I will let your son, Ben, live. Even though I'm not threatening him at all at this point, and he's in your possession and your ship. Take me to Abeloth, and I'll let him live. And on top of that, I will also kill Abeloth this time for sure. Double swears he's pinky promise locket. <laughs> <laughs> for sure, I'm not going to try to capture her or side with her, even though I'm turning into something. Yeah. Definitely going to kill her this time if you take me to her. I promise. Sith promise. And at this point, somehow now, Luke thinks, I know exactly how to defeat the Sith. Right? He has that moment where he's like, aha, this is what I will use to destroy them. And guess what? He doesn't tell anybody. No. Chapter 28. (laughs) Apparently... Apparently, part of the plan that Luke doesn't tell anybody is escorting Talon and Gavar Kai directly to the fallen assy hidden island that the Sith can't see because they're not smart. The whole white current <laughs> thing. They don't again. know about the white force. Nah. Apparently, he's just going to bring them right there because that's what Luke Skywalker is doing. Just... Taking them there again. Hey, let me ask you a weird question. All right. Who took them to the pool of knowledge? Didn't ship take them? Ship led them there for a fight. Who, I should say, not in the material world. Ah, yes. He took them there. Right. Okay, I fucked up. You got me. He took them there beyond shadows and showed them the place and the magic special thing. Mm-hmm. Took them right there. He took them to her planet. He took them to Sinkhole Station. What is he doing? Yeah. How he... is he constantly making the same mistake when he's telling Ben, stop making the same mistake? Yeah, he... Come he's, on. He's what thinking happened? he's he's smarter than he is. Because these people seem so uneducated in the galaxy. Is that why it's yeah. maybe so easy to underestimate them or whatever? Like, that dude, might play a part, yeah. Why do you keep taking them to places of powerful things? You're going to take them to Abeloth when he looks like he's turning into something else? What are you doing? I don't know. Because he doesn't tell us. It's a secret plan. Anyways, cue the Tense Alliance again. Because that's fun. <laughs> apparently, I keep saying apparently. Oh, my God. I've watched a video of that kid too recently. Kid on the news getting interviewed about the fair or something. And he just starts talking about watching the lottery with his grandpa on TV. And apparently, i never been on live TV before, apparently. Anyways. Okay. Apparently, another part of the plan is telling the Sith that the bird pox is spread through the force and Luke Skywalker's fine because he's a Jedi master and don't you guys know how to do this? Interesting. Mental note. Right? Mm-hmm. Part of the plan is take them there. Part of the plan is don't tell them about any of the illusions. Not the island. Not the bird pox. But like Talon seems to have this strange of course supernatural insight. But even beyond Luke's expected uh, power in the Force, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, even even beyond what Luke would expect this man to be able to read of his thoughts, it's like this guy can see more. Yeah, it, he's just, he's extra insightful if he really, like, puts his mind to it, or he just almost, almost can see the future, or... Is that what happens when your eyes turn to sparkly pinpoints of silver? (laughs) I guess. They're really looking into the future. I don't know, but he seems to know everything. Yeah. To a point, like to a very finite point. And it's that it's a strange juxtaposition. It's a really weird line to walk with these characters right Mm -hmm. now where 
Luke knows more than them about the fallen Assy and about the illusion of the plague and the invisible island where Wonder Woman lives or whatever the fuck is happening there. He knows more than them about that, but Talon seems to be able to see like his true intentions. There's a, a, a tension of I don't of of foresight. Yeah, <laughs> like, I don't. Know. Yeah, it's almost like you, you can't. It's a very lie to him. Particular type of tension happening in the scene. Yeah, it's not, weird. Not smart enough to talk about right now. But next, ship comes flying in, and it turns out, remember. When Luke Skywalker and Ben and Vistara stole the Sith ship and left them stranded on Avaloth's planet. Mm-hmm. Well, it turns out it was Ship that came and rescued Gavar Kai and Lord Sarasu Talon at the behest of High Lord Talon, who's in control of Ship. Of course. Of course. Because who else would be in control of Ship? There could be no one else. But ship shows up, and after apparently having saved these two Sith from Abeloth's planet, now uh, there's six of ship. And yeah. they're attacking the Jade Shadow with Luke, Ben, Vistara, and all the Sith on board, even though Talon claims to be in control of ship during this confrontation and shootout. Mm-hmm. So, like, he really doesn't know everything, does he? No. But so strange the line that he can't see past. It, it, it's it's a hard line to describe, that's for sure. It's really, it's really I don't know, it's hard to pinpoint right now mm-hmm. what he knows and what he doesn't know. And that really raises the tension between this uneasy alliance once again. Like, why is Luke Skywalker teaming up with the Sith again? Didn't you learn on Klatooine? Didn't you learn on Avalot's planet? Didn't you learn, I don't know, anytime? What is this theme of repeating the same mistake over and over? Because it's kind of sticking its dick right in my eye right now. <laughs> like, it's hard to ignore. Yeah. I guess is what I should say. Luke is doing it in several ways. Ben is doing it. Vistara is doing it as well. Why? Because it's a reflection of the greater theme of the Jedi constantly repeating their the mistake of pacifism and and uh mistaking pacifism for a, uh for action or mistaking reaction for action. Yeah. Is that what's happening? I don't know because six ships are attacking the Jade Shadow. Ships with a capital S on the front. Yes. You know, that guy who is a boy apparently. But I'm reading this part and I'm like between Luke Skywalker and Talon lying to each other and the illusions happening and the fake ships and the fake there's no there's an invisible island between all the, there's also another ship the Uruburubura the Kookaburra whatever <laughs> yeah. the hell other ship there is didn't know I couldn't yeah. understand where everybody was yeah I didn't understand everybody all the main characters are on the Jade Shadow with a contingent of Sith on another ship Warriors following, yeah. also no but also on the shadow there's like a bucket oh full yeah there's a bunch soldiers of them also on this ship yeah but then a whole shuttle full following them i don't know i'm not smart enough to understand lies and illusions <laughs> or i don't know where the hell these characters were during this thing but damn i don't know that's all i can say damn okay damn exciting man. moment though as Luke Skywalker finally tells us his big plan. Luke knew he would never have a better opportunity to lead the Sith into a trap. But with Talon nearby, the only plan that stood a chance of success was no plan. He simply had to act and react. Okay. I have a few things to say about this. Mm -hmm. First of all, first of all, this guy never tells us his plans. And then he tells us his plan and his plan is, I don't have a plan. (laughs) Kiss my ass. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I hate that. I hate that. This idiot never tells anybody what he's doing 
And it always creates more conflict and consequence for everybody else around him. Yes or no? I think so. So, so far, yeah. I think so. So far, yeah. So far through 15 fucking books, man. <laughs> He's not telling you. Anyways. Secondly, act and react. Only act and react. Um, <laughs> who does that sound like? Yeah, that's exactly what we... Uh made not made fun of but uh criticized criticized thank you jason for doing luke skywalker is quoting jason solo right now man yep why is that a thing that's happening on purpose it must be because i think troy wrote that other book Mm -hmm. i think it was book six you know what i mean where like luke crushes him in the chair and they talk about act and react yeah I, I could, God only knows how many scenes I'm conflating right now. But, you know, what is happening? Why are those words coming out of Luke Skywalker's mouth? The only plan to defeat a Sith that can see your true intentions is to act and react. Is that why Jason went there? Because the only way to defeat the all-seeing future is to not plan, right? Because his ultimate goal was like, set the future on a course away from the one that I saw. Mm-hmm. And it's the only way to accomplish that goal to not have a path that the future, the current can sweep into an altar. The, uh... And then why is Luke Skywalker reiterating those words right now? Act and react. There is no try. It doesn't make any logical <laughs> sense no. at all. And there's no even narrative threads to tie there, but it's a weird coincidence if it's not a thing. Yeah. Him saying the only way to win is act and react. That's so weird for a dude who always has a thousand plans, just never tells anybody what they are. Mm-hmm. Why is he saying those words? What does that mean? What could that what why yeah that's a lot of very good questions <laughs> a lot of very good very short questions yeah they don't need to be long to be complicated well this podcast is getting too long and it's getting too complicated so zip zoom act they land in the fallen assy village and it feels like fear here luke wonders absently if abeloth is feeding on the fear and turning it into dark side power. Poop. That's something you can do. Power poop. I mean, she's definitely making everybody fearful. Mm-hmm. But he thinks not just, I don't know, I guess it's happening in like a feedback loop. Yes. Yeah, I guess that's the way to say it. Power mm-hmm. poop feedback loop. Talon figures out and meeting with the villagers here. The Falanasi come running out and they're like, oh, we'll heal you. Come with us. We'll give you some jelly or whatever. Some yeah, just... cuckoo gel or something. <laughs> yeah, I don't some know. goofy this ass name. Jigga Joe yeah, jelly or something. It was damn near racist, dude. Careful. <laughs> yeah. It was bad. Yeah. Oh, it's not good. Some kind of gel. Talon figures out in meeting these people, the bird pox is an illusion. And he just starts to get mad as... Luke Skywalker's ex-girlfriend. Yeah. Akana, who we met before, appears in the doorway of the town hall, looking a little bit different. Her hair seems to be flowing, independent of gravity. Her eyes are dark, with silver pinpoints. And she has a mouthful of razor-sharp teeth. Yeah. Okay. Just like Abeloth, right? Mm-hmm. Now, this is kind of a simpler question, though. I mean, she might just be impersonating Abeloth. And that, I mean, Akana. Mm-hmm. Abeloth might be impersonating Akana. Just straight up like she did with Luke's other girlfriend, Callista. Yes. Maybe 
she got some kind of super connection with Luke Skywalker's ex-girlfriends when he touched that magic pyramid and broadcast his brain through the galaxy <laughs> on superpower frequency or whatever, right? Why is she always his girlfriends? Because her whole thing is like seduction. Manipulation. Not on, not on like a sexual level, but her seduction is like of need. Mm-hmm. Of like you need me and and you want to need me and you want to need to be with me forever <laughs> whatever right yeah and then I'll suck your life force out but what is happening why does she look like Avaloth and why is Talon looking like Avaloth then is Avaloth like Avaloth. Tim, what is happening? I have no idea. Find out next week. When we cover Fate of the Jedi, Book 6, Vortex, Chapters 29 through 32. To almost finish the book. Almost there. I'm Justin. I'm Tim. It's an illusion, Dad. It's not real. None of it's real. You're not real. That was obvious, right? For any comments and questions, you can hit us up at forevercanonpodcast at gmail.com. Forever Canon Podcast is a Jay Plazer production. Catch us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube at Jay Plazer. Check us out.